I am first man Rastafari living here in the tropical island of Jamaica. You're going to be having a very special wake and bake moment with Captain Huta right there in your homes. Yeah, man, take care of Captain Huta and give it to the world as best as you can. It's Captain Huda. I told you, man, that was some killer butt, huh? <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show and welcome to the Hooterverse. Now, the whole idea behind creating this space was to have some sort of a cool, different, unique experience where all of us could get together, share some knowledge, share some experiences, and trip out on all the amazing spaces that are here. So come on, let me give you a tour around and then we'll get the show started. By the way, this room right here that we're in is the mushroom room. So this is my dream Amsterdam living room. And it's overlooking one of my favorite streets in Amsterdam. This room over here have our virtual classroom, which is currently set up smoke sessions in the Cannabis Connoisseurs Club. This room changes depending on the session. Here is our Amsterdam nightclub. It's going to be spinning some serious beats. And we have a few aspiring musicians that have offered to come in, and they're going to be doing some evening acoustic smoke sessions with us. How cool is that going to be? Here is the open air art gallery. I will be rotating these pictures around on a regular basis so that you'll always have something fresh to see. And over here is the brand new newsroom. Now this is the room we're going to use for our interviews with our very special guests. As you can see, we are all set up for our very first guest, 
First Man in the Rastafarian Indigenous Village. Now, I've been to the Rastafarian Indigenous Center. It's located just outside of Montego Bay. And when you drive up there, you have to park your car and then you hike up the rest of the way. And it's an awesome little hike. You get to cross this beautiful stream. And once you get there, you really get a chance to check out the Rastafarian way of life. You learn all about their culture. You learn about their values. And then afterwards, they usually have a really cool ceremony and drum ceremonies. It's an awesome experience all the way around. And with that being said, let's have a chat with First Man. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome everyone. Captain Hooter here, high and alive with our very first show and our very first very special guest, First Man from the Rastafarian Indigenous Center in beautiful Montego Bay, Jamaica. Welcome, my friend, how are you? Yeah, man, I'm good, Captain. Always a pleasure to be seated up having a conversation with you. You know, always a good vibe. So how are you doing, my brother, in your side of the world? My side of the world is sunny and beautiful. I am in beautiful Cascai, Portugal today. And uh, yeah. the sun is shining and the waves are breaking out in the ocean and uh, there's peace and love all around me. But I have to be honest with you, I miss Jamaica, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm here. I'm here. And it's a similar kind of a thing where I've not been getting much rain. But the sun has been beautiful. You know, the days have been nice and a bit overcast and the sun's still peeping through. So it's almost perfect, you know. Mm, mm. I have to tell you that it was one of the, I, I'm going to tell people for the rest of my life the, the, the wonderful adventures and times that I had while I was there in Jamaica. And one of the true great blessings that I had while I was there was having an opportunity to meet you and to come visit uh, all the wonderful people over at the Rastafarian Indigenous Center. I know that there's a ton of people that would really love to know more about uh, what it is really about to be a Rastafarian, a real Rastafarian. Can, can you give me just a little taste so that people get an understanding a little bit about what what it is like and 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 what the Rastafarian Indigenous Center is about? Yeah, it's always a, a not know where to start conversation because it is really something that happened in human history. You know, it's not something that is just completely unique to Jamaica. It's really, you know, that transatlantic slave period, um, that time of um, Europe, Europe mental decay. You know, when once we decided that we were going to enslave people in a way that removed their identity, Rastafari would have been the response. You know, it, as in life, you have evil, you have good, and they're all together. Rastafari would have been that response, a very authentic response to assist humanity in a way how to negotiate these issues that we're facing. In the last week, you know, you had royalty from, from Great Britain come in. What did, it, what did yes. it look like from your side? You know, from my side, again, this is not a conversation of Jamaica. What is Jamaica? You know, um, it's really that human beings, you know, and mainly in this case, Europe had created the system within the human journey colonialism, you know? And I don't think that's a conversation for Jamaica. That's a conversation for the planet. How does the planet really feel 
about this because it is the first real uh, globalized effort that has been sustained. Colonization represents how people now occupy the planet. Boats carrying labor force were then used to carry tourists to come to Jamaica, take banana from Jamaica, bring over to England, bring back tourists on these things. So all of this is a part of something that we, we live in as the human family. And it's really a, an assessment that has to be made now that we have one globe. We have the means to communicate. You know? So I would really love to know how the people in Europe really feel about this. How do they feel uh, you know, knowing the relationship between Jamaica and, and the Queen, you know, and for this visit um, to take place. I think to start with us, sometimes it's very difficult. I think the question needs to be asked on all sides of the coin, you know, so we can see where our consciousness is about these types of conversation. You know, I've seen enough to know that colonialism has created a damage, not just to black people, but to all people, to the human family. And it is for, we have created technology that can allow us to have these conversations. We have seen enough base data to see that it is not working, you know, and the, the, the depression and the mental disorder that has been created, the defiance that people have about their own self, the hierarchism, you know, this is, this is, this is the social structures it cannot be something that is Jamaican. Jamaican is if, if Jamaica is removed from the planet, it does not recognize as even 1% of the Earth GDP. So this type of a conversation where Jamaica is in total poverty and cannot survive and so on, what would have caused these things? It is not Jamaican people that would have necessarily caused it. It is how systems such as the colonial systems have developed itself to almost manage the planet, yeah, and the job that this is the outcome that we're seeing now. What is the interpretation of the queen to the people? What does it mean to the people? Do they truly know? And that's a question for the queen to ask herself. You know, how would you be viewed if you were on the flip of the side? And, you know, it's an interesting time because now we are, here we are, we're in 2022. This is a, this is a, a world of connectivity. We are all more knowledgeable, more connected, more aware than we have ever been about the realities of life and about the realities of history. And, you know, when you get to start talking about the realities of history and you start talking about you know, the colonization and start talking about Jamaica's history. You know, there's, there's a lot that Jamaica has suffered. In the strange way, you talked about Rastafari is, is, is the result of this. Some of the most fascinating, wonderful, knowledgeable, insightful individuals that I've met on this planet are Rastafari and have taught me so many things about life about earth, about nature. I've always, when I come to Jamaica, it's like I'm coming there to learn. 
and I'm coming there to, to get some new information. And, and you have been my teachers and you in particular, you know, have been fantastic. You know, this, this location that we're shooting it in here is your meeting space. This is the uh, right in the center of the Rastafarian Indigenous Center. Can you talk a little bit about what your vision was when you created it and, and what it's really about? I mean, this is the thing. It's, it was never ever really my vision, you know? Um, the Rastafari community has existed from roughly um, the 1930s when, you know, we recognize the Emperor of Ethiopia, Emperor Isla King Selassie I and Empress Menin, um, the worthy balance to Empress to Emperor Isla King Selassie. And, you know, it, it really then for us represented God in a way that we could connect with. You know, in this world that we live, what seems to happen is that we take divinity out of ordinary. We take divinity out of normal. So things can now be taken for granted. The sun shine. It's shining every day, so you take it for granted. You don't see the magic and the divinity in this whole happenings of life. It's just normal, you know? And <clears throat> as a result of that, Rastafari is that which sees the divinity in all things. And seeing the divinity in all things, for us, God is now a character, a mannerism, a behavior, an attitude. <clears throat> and that is how Emperor Isla Selassie connected to us as our God, an example that we can become. Yeah? It's not something that is far reaching with fear. It is something that can connect us to a, a harmonious self. He urged us to become bigger than we have ever been, greater and larger in outlook, where we can actually prevent our differences from becoming discrimination, but our differences to be something that we can celebrate and admire. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we all need to be one. It means, it means that we can be respectfully in the same orchestra of life, where everyone is playing a different sound, everyone is making a different beat, but it still celebrates this relationship that we are in. So Rastafari for us is not a religion. It is this relation that we must have with all living things. And that's a primary focus of our community. So the essence of Rastafari is not about something new. You know, the, the colonialism just made it become more necessary. It made what exists. So when you really come to Jamaica, you're finding this conversation that made Rastafari political because we're actually saying human beings can live a different way yes and the systems of life want to tell human beings how they should conduct themselves so rastafari is almost like an alternative you know to say that there can be self-governance there can be sovereignty we can coexist because it happened long before systems and that the human rights of any individual to determine themselves would be very important as long as it is guided by the principles of preser preservation, protection, and promoting each other's gift, what people call ego. You know, so that's the essence of all Rastafari would have sort of created itself. And in the relearning 
of that space, the relearning of, because this is what we think that colonialism had brought in a level of selfishness, you know, a type of a depression, because everything in the past is depressing. So if you keep looking back and you can't find the joy, and then you, when you look in the future, you see the very same systems that have made the past still in full functioning, then you're going to have a sick society because depression from the past and anxiety for the future. And the essence of Rastafari is for us to relearn, reconnect to these other possibilities, you know, and that's very, very important to us. A friend of mine says Rastafari is not a talkity, it's a liberty. It's what you do. You know, one of the, uh, uh, the, the, the fascinating things that I learned um, while I was living there this last time was the abundance of natural medicines that the island has, that one island. It is, you are a, a, a pharmacopoeia of, of uh, natural things to, to cure anything that might ail you. Uh, I know you have a lot of experience with this. You like that? Pharmacopoeia, <laughs> of course. It's a beautiful way to say it. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about about uh, helping some of the people? Because I know there's a lot of people that have been coming to Jamaica to get some help, and uh, uh, you definitely have some insight into uh, uh, some of the directions that they might be taking. You know, the journey of Rastafari um, is, as I say, it's almost like that that space that is saying that original still has some work. You know, and this just this big advocate coming to the fact that your body synchronizes more with things that are natural, natural in the sense that they grow naturally. They are not necessarily just man-made or they are probably the farm, but they are farm in the earth and how much more that relationship. Yeah. So they, they, nobody was making it sound, putting back the divinity in that ordinary step. They were just, you know, saying food food natural food and that has been the essence of rastafari to, to really show that there has to be an ecosystem where that we recognize how we relate to our neighbors which is the waters the plants the animals that this relationship should not be something that is totally void out of ourselves and then we just connect only to the concrete world um, it's not about living longer alone. It's about looking at all that it impacts. You know, you know, is are we making certain other things extinct? Insects, you know, animals. Where do the where do the birds go? So our space is is not only just about say you're going to come and you're experiencing a, a healing. It's more you're expanding, you know, and reconnecting and allowing the natural self to find a different way how to think. Because it's mainly not about the body. It's mainly about the mind. You know, it's, it's mainly about the trust of millions and thousands of years of research that has really allowed human beings indigenous people to know the different plants that they can interact with. Those became very, very necessary during the time of COVID 
everybody was getting their sour orange. These things normally just drop on the ground and waste. Now everybody was getting more natural. The market was always packed, but even more packed because people were recognizing the importance of good health. You know, and all these diseases that have been created can be just an environmental change. You know, just eating more natural and relating to things that can give you the nutrients, but without the level of side effect. You know, so it's 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 not about doing anything new. It's about recognizing what exists before and how can we preserve it. That's the message that we are bringing here at Rastafari Indigenous Village, that our planet is faced with extinction. The plants that indigenous people would use are faced with extinction. And we would love to remain being ourselves. We would love to, to know that other people, young children coming up, would know about these things so it can become a practical part of their daily life. You know, so this space is a space that seeks to protect the naturalness of life. We preserve them, we promote them, and we protect them. We do all of these things to just ensure that the next generation could really see what has existed over time as we evolve and grow. There's about 6 million people that are trying to preserve the earth to about 7.5 billion people that is either consciously or subconsciously destroying the earth. You know, and spaces like these and others around the planet that is paying attention you know, should be recognized. It should be recognized in every home, you know, in every thought. And, you know, that's the essence of Rastafari. You know, I've got another question for you that's more tied right to the literally the name of the show. So it's Wake and Bake uh, with Captain Hooter. And, you know, I'm expecting that when people are going to be watching the show, it's right after they've had a cup of coffee or a hot tea or a smoothie and a big fat joint or, or a pipe or whatever it is that they smoke. What is, what is your morning routine? When you do your wake and bake, what, what, is, what are you eating? What are you drinking in the morning? It's a, it's a good question. You know, um, I remember one of my shaman friends, um, he, he was watching me because I, I, for, I don't use um, plant medicine, you know? I, I have a conversation with plant medicine, be it whatever it is, you know, be it a cup of tea, be it a fruit, whatever it is, mainly with cannabis. It's no different like from my daughter or from the people in the village. If I want to go and have a conversation, I'm going to just sit down and have a conversation. I heard the shaman says to me, I notice you smoke in the mornings. <laughs> I never really knew that about myself until he pointed it out. I said, okay, it looks like it's a bit true. So in the mornings, I normally sort of have that conversation very early. You know, it, it, it's not a, it's not an activity that I'm doing. It's not like I have a joint and I need to finish it. It's more, it's more saying hello, you know, and if there's anything to be said, it, it will be said, you know, so it could be two, three pulls, you know, and then um, I listen after that, you know, I spend time to listen and, and hear everything, you know, because it's a respect of the trees, 
they are interacting with everything, you know, be it all the animals and insects that are crawling up over it, be it us who is picking fruits from it. They're just standing there and interacting with everything. So that kind of uh, tolerance is what I try to bring to my mind early in the morning because there's a lot of things to do. So sometimes I would just take that moment to engage in that the becoming of that tolerance. You know, and once I, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm on that pace, even if I'm pushing things along in, internally, it, it's okay. Internally, I have had that calm moment. You know, I, I have an understanding of the, um, the behavior, the mechanism that is within me at the moment to cope with what the day would be. You know, and I feel like I have the measured energy to do what is necessary. And that may be nothing, you know, that may be nothing, but at least I'm okay with whatever that answer is. So that's how I interact with plants mainly in the mornings. You know, um, sometimes I, I, I travel a lot, so I don't have a, I don't always have to have an interaction with it. I don't always have to go, you know, into that space because I integrate a lot. You know, I spend a lot of time to, listen to the language of the plant, listen to the, the, the leadership of it, and really try to integrate it so I'm becoming it, you know? So ganja always lives with me. The, the mentality of it is always in me, you know? And um, that I give thanks for. And, you know, this space, Rasta Village, has become uh, an international medicine center. You know, it's space where the indigenous people from around the world would come in with various plant medicines, be it ayahuasca, um, be it the mushrooms, whatever else, because this space is looking to build out that relationship, how we can be having a deeper conversation and connecting and seeing that the world is opening up to this um, kind of a attitude, you know, to most people are coming to heal their traumas you know that's that's mainly what is what is happening you know but it's a start let's just say that something miraculous happened and 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 everyone suddenly you got nominated you didn't even ask for it got nominated poof there you are you're the prime minister what would be the first three or four things that you would do so the first thing i would do i would give cannabis to everybody <laughs> you're hired you're done. You've got my vote. <laughs> See how easy that was? <laughs> so, because I, I, we are convinced that it's a problem of the mind. You know, it's a problem of the mind. So many times, you know, the plant become used for medicine use for you know all these type of things but if we could ever open the mind you know of people you know uh, it's always something i look at what separates rastafari from so many other you know people and for some strange reason it gave the rastafari people this knowing that something is wrong and they can't continue with a pretense. It gave this conviction, you know, that you cannot be 
even when they decided that it was one year and six months mandatory sentence if you were just caught with a seed, no trial, no nothing, straight to prison. If you were caught with an instrument, seven years, straight to prison. And that didn't break the, the community. You know, that, that, that's an, uh, that, that's, that's an, uh, that is something about the plant itself, you know, that would have really given us a level of clarity that we could not deny what is real and the magic that exists within real. It, it, it really opened up, you know, all, all of the conversations of oppression and discrimination that you could not lie to yourself anymore. And we credit the plan for that. So I think, yes, we would have to definitely share the plan with all the government people <laughs> so they can become the same. And we don't have an hierarchy situation, you know, where none is higher than none. But we have a situation yeah. that looks at all people equal, you know? And that's the presence of the plan. And mandatory <laughs> that everybody smokes ganja in the government. Mandatory. <laughs> oh. Yeah, for one year and six months and seven years. There you go. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Can you tell? Uh, can you tell people if, if people wanted to reach you, if people wanted to contact you, uh, how do they reach you? Rastafari, R A S T A F A R I, Indigenous. So another I, I N D I G E N O U S, Village at gmail.com. One eight seven six. 285-4750. What we do here are private interactions. You know, um, COVID was surprising. So as a result of that, we're trying to do a minor kind of a separation in a way, because this is our home, you know? So now we only conduct um, private interactions here. Um, so yes, you always would have to call first, you know, because now the space is, is reserved for ceremonies. Yes, we do some daily, daily, as I say, private interactions, but we also don't stay in the village all the time. You know, we move around a lot now, um, just to see how best we can preserve this space. Yes, give us a call and we can always set up for any small group of interaction to take place in this relationship. And, you know, the, uh, uh, you taught me that um, the, our connection through this plant and is what uh, allows us to spread these roots into the ground. And uh, I have been connected and uh, feel very connected to you just as much as the last time I was standing right in front of you. And uh, yes, uh, blessings and thank you so much for, for coming on here and spending a little time. I promised you, you were, you were gonna be on the first show when we first talked about this show. And uh, I've, I've kept my promise and uh, uh, I am honored that you were able to spend some time and, and share some wisdom with all of my viewers. Peace and love, my friend. Yes, Peace and love. See you yeah. next time. Blessings and thanks to First Man for taking the time to chat with me. Now, like I told you before, we're just getting started, but we have lots of very cool segments that we're going to have on upcoming shows. One of the fun ones is the Macro, Mystical, Magical, Micro, Marvelous, Majestic, Moving, Mysterious, momentous, magic, mushroom, minute.
we also are going to have a wonderful concentrate segment called It's Dab Time with Johnny Dab. I've also got a segment called Some Cool Stuff I Found. And what it'll be is me talking about some cool stuff I found. I also have the amazing chef Jordan Wagman, one of the most amazing, revered culinary cannabis pioneers in the business, coming in to do some cooking with us. As a matter of fact, he's very anxious, as you can see. Captain Hooter, how are you, brother? Are we cooking or what? Are we going to cook? We're going to cook. I can't wait to cook with you. And lastly, we're going to close out every single show with my favorite segment, the Worldwide Bud Report. Hit it! Great for a wake and bake, my favorite time to smoke. Got a real sweet floral taste to it. Come check it out. Hey everyone, hey Cap. Uh, my name is Danny. I'm a butt tender in the wonderful state of Missouri. Today I kind of want to talk to you about um, a strain that I'm kind of a fan of. It's called Duct Tape. Uh, it's from a company called Hey Ya Wellness. Cool thing about Duct Tape, it's actually a cross between GG4 and Dosi Dose, which are two pretty excellent strains. If you haven't tried either one of them, highly recommend. Um, what you smell when you open this bag is, to me, it smells kind of like um, rubber bands. And also, it smells a little gassy. Yeah, gassy. I'd let you smell it, but I don't know. It's nice in there. Um, top terpenes for duct tape are going to be uh, limonene and myrcene. Um, that's kind of where you get that uh, little bit of a citrusy smell to it, kind of. And um, that kind of like uh, herbal smell comes from the myrcene. Um, great thing about this strain is it's excellent for full body relaxation. So highly recommend a strain uh, like this if you're trying to get that end of the day relaxation and uh, kind of chill out after a long day of doing whatever it is you're doing. Thanks. Hey guys, how you doing? It's Chef Daniel Raposo, AKA the Stoner Chef. I was asked to do a little bud video uh, from my good friend, Captain Hooter of what I'm smoking this week. And this week for me, I'm smoking this beautiful bud. It is uh, grown in BC, Vancouver, and it is made from Pure Sun Farms. And it is a pink kush, and it has 25% THC. Uh, this actual flower is very diesely, but yet when you smoke it, you got a beautiful sweet spice taste uh, to it. Uh, one of my favorite buds, love to smoke it, love to make edibles with it, uh, great indica. Check out the link below. I know this is uh, in Canada, but I mean, I know they ship all over. So thanks, enjoy it, and that's what I'm smoking this week. Hi, my name is Maureen Michelle, and I work for Planet 13 as a bud tender. One of my favorite strains by Medicine is our GG4. This is probably the closest to the original actual strain that I've had in over 10 years. Perfect THC content right now at 23.9. It does sometimes go up to 30, 
wonderful content, all that teriyaflin in there makes it feel like a nice warm little hug. Absolutely, after a long day, this is the perfect way to wind down, continue your night, or just take a nap and go to sleep. Good morning, Tokers and Vapors. I'm Herbert M. Green, and this is my first bug report for Captain Hooter's show, and I'm gonna dive right in with a Barcelona special. Because of all the social clubs that I visit there, one stood out for me, and that was Club Guru. And at Club Guru, a very small dispensary-style social club in the center of Barcelona, near the Rembla, uh, had uh, a plethora of really top-notch but the one that stood out for me was jello bread. And at first I thought it was a lamb's bread fenno, but it turned out to be a GMO X dosi do fenno. So definitely one of the Cali genetics. And you could definitely see that in the lovely furry, snowy, opaque trichome head uh, coating on the nug. It was dense, but it still had a little give when you squeezed it. The aroma. God, it, it was uh, a sweet floral high note with a lavender lilac finish. Uh, definitely had something uh, woody as well uh, in the high notes. Uh, something extra sweet. And I think that also uh, could be traced back in the undertone because it had a orangey, sweet herbaceous undertone as well. The flavor had definitely more of the sweetness to it and the woodiness and the herbaceousness. So most of the citrus fell off a bit, but it was still lovely to vape. That definitely gave me a body load. A, it wasn't too heady, but it was definitely a sedative broadleaf slash indica kind of nug. And um, yeah, I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. If you Find yourself anywhere close to the Rambla in Barcelona. Definitely Google Club Guru. It's in one of the little side streets. And you won't be disappointed because the, 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 the quality of the buds there and the prices are just awesome. On par. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about this now here. And I will talk to you soon, guys. Later. Thank you for listening. Well, that was it, gang. That was our first show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll be here tomorrow to see our very special guest, Mila, the Hash Queen. Peace out, everyone. I'll see you on the next one. It's Captain Hooter!